does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Earlier on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. How does Indiana State respond here? I think it's going to be Avila with some five-out action. Let him create. Instead, it's Swope from three. Oh, he's got it! And the Sycamores will win their ninth consecutive game to improve to 10-1 on the season. McCullers back in, and he misses a long jump shot. Off the rim, Khalil Ware with a rebound, and Mackenzie Abaco pulls up for a long three. Yes! McCullers throws it into Dickinson. Hook shot good. And Kansas has got their first lead of the game. Inbound comes from Malik. It goes to Gabe Cups. He'll force it up the floor. Gabe forces up a long three. It does not go, and that's the contest. And Kansas will walk out of Assembly Hall with a victory. Lawyer, another deep ball. Another hit! Fletcher Lawyer making it rain in Indianapolis. And the Purdue fans can feel it. Love, get it in, put it up, and that'll do it. For the first time in 23 years, the Purdue Boilermakers have knocked off the number one team in the country. Down goes Arizona. Purdue wins it 92-84 in Indianapolis. Here's an RPO in the pocket. The Colts bring pressure, and they get to him. It's a sack for Grover Stewart. Grover with his first sack of the season. Harris is the back. Trubisky under center. Unbalanced line to the right side. Quarterback sneak. He lost the ball. It's picked up by Harris, and Harris scurries across the goal line for a touchdown. But do we have a penalty? The ruling on the field is changed to a touchdown. Yeah. He got it over. Just got it over. Rigoberto Sanchez gets his right foot into it. It's blocked. It's blocked. It's available inside the five. The Steelers jump on it, and they recover it at the one-yard line. Trubisky out of the gun, ball on the right hash. Harris the back to the right side. Trubisky going to throw to the left. In the flat, that's a catch and a touchdown. Another RPO looking left is Minshew. Floats it left side to Moss. Moss the 10. He's at the five, angling for the pylon. we got a flag at the end of the play. It's a horse-collar penalty on the tackle supplied by Michael Walker, the linebacker. And the Colts are on the board. Trubisky rolling to the right, setting up, taking a shot downfield. The ball is fluttering in the air, and it's picked off by the Colts. It's Nick Cross. Minshew in the pocket. Here comes the pressure. Stands in there, throws Got up it. field. Caught. Got There's it. a five. It's a touchdown for the Colts. This time they get in, and it's DJ Montgomery. Trey Sermon in the back left of Gardner Minshew. Drops the throw on first down. Over the middle. Got it. Caught it, and it's a touchdown. touchdown. Mo Alley Cox. Colts 30. Steelers 13. Excited for the guys, you know, putting in the work, uh, the weekly preparation that they did and then going out and executing it, you know, on Saturday. Another and one for Paul Anthony Towns. He now has 35. The Timberwolves have defeated the Pacers. The final score is the Minnesota Timberwolves 127, Pacers 109. This is an epic trip we've been on. I mean, We've experienced things that no other team has ever experienced. We went through really an epic 24 hours. Great job, Mark Dighton, on this Monday, hanging out with you. You know it's the wake-up call right here on The Fan, as always, broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. KB, a good morning to you. Mark, a good morning to you as well. A fun weekend, a lot of good happening this weekend, a little bit of bad, and we'll talk about everything. No doubt we'll lead off with the Colts, uh, Hoosiers losers, Purdue winners there in Gamebridge over Arizona, and yuck to the Pacers. Not a good weekend for Rick Carlisle and his squad but a good morning to you Monday morning we sit here inching closer to Christmas fellas how are we doing good Monday morning Mark Dykton yes terrific there on the opening montage so so much to recap from you know one of the busier sports days you're ever going to see here in our state in our city and late last night Andy um, I think for really the second time in the last few weeks and large part and due to the Colts winning now uh, what is it five of six uh, but also due to what's happening in Jacksonville, mm. 
uh, we wake up on this Monday morning and think there might be multiple pathways into the playoffs for the Indianapolis Colts here in 2023. Jacksonville loses Trevor Lawrence in concussion protocol. So a lot, a lot to get to on that end. Louisville Wedding treated you well? Oh boy, I tell you. It was uh, Saturday sports-wise, Saturday uh, party-wise for your boy here. No doubt it took an entire day Sunday sitting back with the young man, (laughs) with the young boy, with the son and watching some football and not doing anything and just sitting there and recovering. Now are we talking, (laughs) not to get too personal, but was this the first parenting day uh, treating a hangover potentially? Uh, well, it a was a slight in the, headache. Uh, maybe a slight headache. Okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe just a little bit. So, and he was unhappy for about half the day. Of course, you knew Those that was going to happen. happen. Yeah. You know, he can just yeah. sense perfect your vulnerability. Timing. There. Perfect timing. So, uh, I, I guess sensing vulnerability. I guess that's what the Colts <laughs> did in the second half. <laughs> To the Steelers. How great was on that Saturday? How I just just for me watching the Steelers just get backup running backs pounded down their throat, and then to watch and I know it's bad for us here, but to watch Mike Vrabel walk in with the bum Phillips cowboy hat and just not be able to protect his rookie quarterback, and then Jacksonville last night, Wolf from Jacksonville. My goodness, you know I've said they were frauds, but they're in serious trouble here. And again, I think the serious Lawrence trouble. concussion protocol. Is kind of the cherry on yeah. top. Injuries really starting to pile up for them. But let's go back to Saturday. You know, Andy, I ha- had a change of heart midweek. I, uh, I did my Wednesday podcast, went with the Colts, and then when we did the mm. show Friday morning, um, I went with the Steelers. And really, the first quarter that you saw on Saturday is why I picked Pittsburgh. Like, I thought TJ Watt's presence had the ability to wreck the game. And he obviously did that early on. And to me, what is most impressive from what the Colts did on Saturday was the resolve by your offensive line. You know, Gardner Minshew sacked three times on the first three series of the game. You know, each of those series had a sack. And all of a sudden, everything just kind of flipped, whether you want to point to, I thought Minshew had an outstanding game, by far the best game of the season. He scrambles and extends a play to his right, finds Michael Pittman down the sideline for a 40-yard gain. That's a third down mm-hmm. when you're down 13 to nothing. Nick Cross comes off with a, huge, uh, with a big interception. B- biggest play of his career. On a easily. 50-50 ball to George yep. Pickens, who's kind of known for coming down with those balls. And then outside of that, it was just the bully ball, methodical bulldozing by your offensive line. It didn't matter if it was Tyler Goodson, Trey Sermon, whoever was behind that group. They just absolutely made the Steelers wilt. And that was the storyline of that second half. We'll have EJ Speed join us here coming up at 9 o'clock. His strip there on the first play of the uh, second half for uh, Pittsburgh's offense. That really, I think, continued to kind of flip it in the Colts' direction. And then it was just a thorough beatdown. And they continue to take care of business. And whether the business looks ugly, bad, hell, they might see another one coming up on Sunday with where the Falcons are at after their pathetic loss to the Panthers yesterday. It doesn't matter because there are a lot of teams out there that aren't doing it. And the Colts are doing it. Uh, Incredible resolve after 33 unanswered scored against them to then flip that with 30 unanswered to close it out. Uh, And now they sit in pretty nice playoff control. But as I know I'm going to repeat myself, (laughs) Andy, a lot here over the next week or two, it very well could all come down to week 18. Like they, they, they should just flex the game now. Yeah, I mean, Colts, Texans, it, it absolutely, at Lucas Oil, just flex it, it now. absolutely could. And I bet Mark Dyke in that six pack of brews, and I was feeling good about the Texans, who were looking pretty pathetic through three quarters <laughs> there in Tennessee. No CJ Stroud, though. Yeah, before no CJ Stroud. Before they, before they gave it all away. Well, I tell you, you know, it was one of those things on Saturday, KB, where the Colts had to win. You're like, okay, now it's a good position, but you also had to win because you didn't get a lot of help in front of you this weekend. You got no wild card help. No. On Sunday, but you did get the, you, the, you got the Broncos, and you did get the divisional help and, last night. Yeah, so you now did. all of a sudden, it opens up another avenue. It does. You just had the Browns. It looked like they very well could lose. They didn't. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and Nick Mullins. They did try everything they could on Saturday to lose, and they did lose. How about so the, the Bengals end? won again, and the Bills just? I mean, the Bills just discarding the Dallas Cowboys last night. How about the end of the one o'clock hour? So when you had the Bears and the Browns ending. And you had the Titans and the Texans ending. I would say for the better part of both of those games, it looked like the Bears would get it done yep. and help out the Colts. And it looked like the Titans would get it done and help out the Colts by beating the the Texans. And all of a sudden, it flipped with Flacco having the fourth quarter of his life, which is saying <laughs> something in his career. 
And then that wild Titans-Texans game, the seesaw back and forth, uh, it looked like it was going to be a tie, I thought, for a while there. Will Levis gets hurt. Uh, we'll see about the status for him moving forward. And that is such a big game for the Texans to win. Not to get too nerdy into tiebreakers, but it's this time of year. Andy, if Houston would have lost that game, that would have been an AFC South loss on top of just another loss, another conference loss. That would have really helped out the Colts. So, um, again, if you want to crunch some of the playoff numbers, which we have, there's an article up on the website. We'll continue to do it. There is a, I would say, better than decent chance it comes down to Week 18 to a, you beat Houston in your own building, you're in. You lose to Houston in your own building, you're probably on the couch. That That is kind of how it's looking. Even, yes, these two weeks Even matter, with a couple games, we're looking Falcons, forward. Falcons, sure. Raiders don't, I mean, sure. if you win both, you could still lose to Houston and have a coin flip shot, but if you split, or even if you lose both and you beat Houston, you still have an opportunity to, to make it. You know, I, I know resiliency has been a word that's been used. And by the way, you mentioned EJ Speed going to be joining us coming up at 9 o'clock. Resiliency for the season, right? I mean, I think that's something this team has more than not. It's why the Cincinnati game really not bothered me. It was just one of those games, KB, to where I couldn't believe that they just didn't show up, right? And that was my analysis going into the game on Saturday was that the team team that we saw in Cincinnati is not this team. It's not the we're going to lay down and just get beat up type of team. It doesn't mean they're the best team, but they're not the worst team. And that's kind of what we saw against the Bengals. And so I thought they would they were bounce they would bounce back, but when it's 13 nothing, <laughs> when it's 13 nothing, right. I'm thinking that's yeah. son of a Kevin Bowen, <laughs> okay? Cuz cuz you picked, I mean you picked the Steelers. Right, right. TJ Watt had already by, had two sacks. By the way, we have uh, a University of uh, Indianapolis student Jace here. Uh-huh, and correct. he's in school and and I'm sure Jace has been told always go with your gut when you're filling out a Scantron. And Kevin Bowen, you did not no, do that. Man. You did not go no, with your gut no. when you filled First out your Scantron. Colts. Uh, I did the thing. I did that two oh, weeks ago, I and know. it bit me in the ass. And yeah. you kind of did uh-huh. it this week. And so, but I'm sitting there. It's thirteen nothing. T.J. Watts wrecking things. We'll get to the Colts special teams because it hasn't been great now. A couple games in a row, and you're sitting there thinking, "Wow, are they going to be bullied in back to back games by back to back NFC or AFC North teams?" And then when that switch flipped and that momentum flipped, and Minshew started making the plays, I mean, they went back. Up running backs, 14 straight runs, and got what they wanted. And that offensive line was great. Um, Gardner Minshew was fantastic. The defense was lights out for large parts of that game as well. And you just can't say enough about Shane Steichen out coaching Mike Tomlin in that sideline. And uh, Tomlin had absolutely no answers. I mean, the Steelers went from uh, big, bad Pittsburgh Steelers in the first quarter, quarter plus, whatever it was, to looking hopeless, hapless, uh, kind of dead in the water football team. Did they not? They had the look in their eyes. I mean, you go and you bench Trubisky to try to put Mason Rudolph in at the end of the game. I called that by yeah, the way. Yeah, you did. Good luck with good luck with that. That's going from one bad option uh, to another. And the Colts got there. All the things they did not do in the Cincinnati game, they did. Offensive line, defensive line, Minshew playing a nice game. Uh, and we sit here today, and then, boy, they really needed that win because a lot of other teams around them won this weekend. And then you get the Jacksonville loss last night, along with the Trevor Lawrence injury. I mean, Lawrence has been beat up this season. I mean, this is, what, four times now we've come in here on a Monday thinking, is he going to play this week? And uh, so he's beat up. The Colts, hey, give them credit. They have put themselves in position now at 8-6 and six to absolutely be in the playoffs, and it's unbelievable. You know, it Andy, is. I-, I was just so impressed by the resolve Saturday down 13 nothing. You know, I mean, when you're down two scores early in the game and again, Watt has already started to dial it up and all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of like holy shnike yeah. here. This is 30 straight points. I mean, this Colts team has not been no. on the ropes like that this season. They have not had a bunch of blowout losses. They haven't had these long losing streaks. That was a time where you kind of could look on the sideline and say, maybe we are a bit of a pretender. And for them to flip that switch and there's been so I would say several Mondays, Andy, that I've come in here after a Colts win and said they've won in spite of Gardner Minshew. They've overcome lackluster play from their quarterback. There's none of that today. They won because 
of Gardner Minshew. And his numbers he could have was, been better, by the way. <laughs> he certainly had what two, <laughs> he had touchdown, two touchdown dropped. drops, yeah. and you know probably another one in there as well. He was accurate. He took needed and accurate shots down the field as well. I can't recall one turnover-worthy play he had. You know, inevitably in every game, another team drops an interception or you throw a couple risky balls. I can't think of anything that Minshew had. And again, I'll go back to that play on a third and five where it looked like it was going nowhere down 13-0. And he scrambles and buys time and buys time. And right before he throws that ball out of bounds, he tells Michael Pittman, you go long. And he throws it to Pittman for a 40-yard gain. Andy, I'm such a big believer in game flow. If you go three and out there, or if you punt there, I should say, all of a sudden, you know, Pittsburgh's got the ball mm-hmm. up two scores, and they are feeling great about themselves. So, uh, Minshew, by far, the best game he has had as a Colt. Frankly, one of the better games of his career. Uh, that, coupled with the offensive line, again, timely playmaking from Nick Cross and EJ Speed in particular. Uh, Dio Dangbo continues to really rev it up here in the second half of the season. Uh, Colts are 8-6, and six, and it is cr- it's crowded, uh, but they are in control, and again, a little bit of a pathway, certainly to the AFC South, particularly with Trevor Lawrence now in concussion protocol. So. Jacksonville's in trouble. Ton, uh, at Jacksonville's Tampa, in trouble, man. At Tampa, Carolina, and Tennessee to end the year. Uh, but again, I would say Lawrence in protocol to me is probably the bigger storyline exiting last night. The schedule does look, those last two weeks, a little bit manageable. Uh, but if they lose one and either the Colts or Texans went out, uh, they would win the AFC South. Tons and tons to get to on this Monday morning. The Indiana Pacers have Mm. lost three straight. Friday night was absolutely pathetic in the nation's capital. Tyrese Halliburton dealing with a knee contusion. He is questionable for tonight. That is Paul George and the Clippers starting a East Coast trip, if you will. Uh, Seven straight wins for the Clippers. Uh, And again, we will see about Halliburton's availability for tonight, and as Andy led off with, and you heard in the opening montage, Purdue once again darn impressive on a national stage. Uh, boy, there were moments early on. I'm like, gosh, I wish I didn't have to go dual screen for this. I wish I could just kind of be over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse watching Zach Eady, Fletcher Lawyer, and Brain Smith carry the Boilers to another impressive win in Indiana. They uh, it's such a missed opportunity for Indiana. When you have right? the non-conference that they've had, it's hard to celebrate. Well, first off, it's Indiana shouldn't celebrate moral victories. Let me just start there. But it's hard to walk away from that and be like, improve play. Yeah, Here I we go. Because see, I don't get any of that. Yeah, you I'm just with you. don't have the resume no. to do that. you got to win games eventually. Not everything can be a moral victory. Oh, we're, play- we're, playing- we're playing better. Especially the Big Ten. The Big yeah, Ten's the not good. For air and the Big Ten's not good this year. So and, much for Indiana. And Purdue's got the overall number one seed already locked up, don't they? Like yeah, already. I mean, what, with who they beat? Who else could four, they beat in the non-con? My four God. Neutral court wins for Purdue over top twelve teams here in the non-conference. Shout out to the Sycamores. I thought about rocking the uh, Larry Legend hat today. Indiana State with another nice win over Ball State to lead off that Indy Classic on Saturday. And Tom Allen reportedly has found a home, so we will share <laughs> that. With you as well. EJ Speed joining us at 9. Tons to get to on this Monday morning. Good Monday morning to you. Thank you for spending it with us. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. You're listening to Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Yeah, a lot of good coming from the weekend. There's some bad as well, especially with the Pacers and the Hoosiers. We'll dive into that reminder coming up about 8.15 or so. Our GOATs of the weekend. We'll have our five-word headlines back end of the 9 o'clock hour. Reminder as well, EJ Speed going to be joining us as, I mean, KB, the Colts might have four guys hit double-digit sacks this year. I don't think that would be a crazy stat. We shall see here over the next couple weeks. Colts winners. 30-13 on Saturday. We've talked a lot about that, and I teased it, so let me just throw this out there as something that surprised me or shocked me, and this will be very quick, and then we can move on. You ready for this? The Steelers won the toss and took the ball. <laughs> I thought the ref misspoke, honestly, he, when he well, said that. I, and even, even the guys doing the game, Rich Eisen and Kurt Warner, they're like, they go three and out, you know? The, was it, the first time Trubisky goes back there, he gets sacked. And they they go, Kurt Warner's like, 
Why did he take the ball? Why did Mike Tomlin with this offense and this quarter quarterback take the ball? Like, and I was think thinking, what a great... Ben and Le- Le'Veon yeah. Bell and Antonio Brown out there for a second? Is that I, the I, bus back there? I literally thought the ref had misspoke. I thought he did, too. I'm like, why is he taking the ball here? You play defense, TJ Watt goes out there and you get a sack and you get that possession in the second half, which it worked out great for the Colts. The Colts scored before halftime. We mentioned that on the other side of the break. Uh, and then we go into halftime. The Steelers come out they eventually get a fumble, but uh, that is, out of all the things that surprised me, DJ Montgomery, the two running backs, the Steelers laying down like dogs, like a sick dog in the second half. Out of everything, I'm like, why did, why, why did, does he have confidence in Mitch Trubisky and the running game to go down and score a touchdown? Uh, but that that was the beginning uh, to what was a pretty good Saturday there in Lucas Oil, for Boy, sure. Just a hell of a response by the Colts. You know, you were sitting there at one point, Andy, and 33 unanswered has been scored against you. You know, if you go back to the second half of the Cincinnati game and the start on Saturday, and, you know, now the questions are arising. These are teams that are in playoff races with you. You have taken an uptick in competition. Now you're losing Zach Moss. Now you're losing Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, what a foreign feeling for this 2023 version of the Colts, for Shane Steichen, uh, I think for much of this coaching staff, certainly with this team, and yet their response there, late first half, we've talked about the plays, whether it was, you know, again, Minshew extending on that third down to Pittman, Nick Cross making easily the best play of his NFL career, a huge sequence there into the first half, DJ Montgomery bouncing back from that drop in the end zone, and then EJ Speed, we'll have him on in less than an hour, that strip of Najee Harris to start the third quarter, that I think put the Colts kind of in full control, and they they could play bully ball from there, just what a difference a year makes. You know, this Monday, Andy, last year, we are talking about oh, miserable. the greatest miserable. collapse in NFL history yeah. uh, in blowing that to the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, imagining, you know, that team down 13 nothing in December versus this team, it's just a total 180. And Shane Steichen is on any Coach of the Year ballot. He is high up on any Coach of the Year ballot. Uh, probably those in Cleveland would make a very strong argument for Kevin Stefanski, and there's a lot of reasons why. You know, certainly D'Amico Ryan's probably Dan Campbell as well. Uh, but again, there is no debating that Shane Steichen uh, should be on that, and what a brilliant first season he's had here. I think Stefanski, Ry- uh, D'Amico Ryan's, and Shane Steichen are your three, are they not? And if I'd, you if you made me choose coach of the year right now, that's where I would go. Would be to one of those three guys. Maybe Campbell. They haven't played as well lately. I mean, I guess you could always say, well, you go with Harbaugh or you go with a team that's won a lot of right, games. Right. Mike McDaniel's on that list, but uh, to me, I'd I mean, probably the Texans, go Stefanski if you were going to yeah. make me pick again four wins. With four different quarterbacks. I mean, that's. Well, Flacco looks great out that there. That is insane. He's slinging it, he's slinging it all over um, the place. I saw a stat yesterday. They have 26% of their cap space on injured reserve. Uh, six of their nine wins against teams above 500. That's the most in the NFL. I mean, so they're beating great teams, good teams, however you want to label it. Again, they've been decimated by injuries. Uh, again, I think Shane, it, like, this is nothing to despair Shane Sykin. There's 32 coaches out there. Again, I think Shane has been right up there. With Stefanski and Colts fans should be absolutely thrilled uh, with it. Uh, and boy, that's just again that response, Andy. Like that was a that was a teetering moment in this season, and such a critical game from a conference standpoint, from a head-to-head standpoint. You look at the standings, and I mean, it's still just a coin flip for the Colts to make the playoffs. If that's a loss, oh, it's they, they twenty-five percent chance. Yeah. And so to get that win, to do it in the fashion that they did. Um, Damn impressive. Really. They did show early on in the game. Now, I know you were there, so I don't know how much you went back and saw the broadcast, but they did. And Mark, you can probably attest to this. They were early on. It was 13 nothing. There were a lot of grown men with the Bumblebee uh, Ben Roethlisberger jerseys oh. on and the terrible towel. There were a lot of those. And then they kept showing sad Colts fan. And it was usually like a woman. Like They kept they showed sad Colts woman shaking her head in disgust when it was... <laughs> I'll be honest, early on, and then grown men that looked like the Bumblebee in like the 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 blind melon video. KB, they had so many Bumblebee jerseys. In Why? that crowd Why Lucas the Bumblebees? I, I have, I have absolutely stink. no idea. Those are one of the worst jerseys no, in sports. No, they, they are the worst jersey in sports, bar none. Um, 
the uh, early parts of that game, I'm thinking to myself, I wish I was over at Gamebridge. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I, I'm uh, going no. dual screen. Purdue, Purdue and Arizona, you know, I can pretty much get to like what? Probably 13, 12 minute mark of the first yeah. half before the Colts game starts. So, was concentrating on that. I'm like, this looks incredible over there. <laughs> High scoring, fun. Purdue looks great. Blah, blah, blah. Tell them to clear the All way. That. Clear traffic. Kevin Bowen needs to get over yeah, here. Trying he needs to, to get over to Gamebridge. Think about like a slide over there. Uh, it, lo- it looked like a great atmosphere inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And again, for the, and insert your jokes here about March, but there's no debating this for the, you know, what, probably third year in a row, the best non-conference resume belongs to the Purdue Boilermakers. I know it's crazy, but I just feel like they've already, like, they're going to win a bunch of games in the Big Ten. They're going to win the Big Ten unless something happens here. Multiple injuries, bad play. I just can't see it happening. So they're going to win the Big Ten. They'll do something in the Big Ten tournament, and what they've done in the non-con is by far the best resume. Like, they're the overall number one seed, are they not? Like, Which I, would mean a path, a likely path of Gamebridge Fieldhouse again, which look at how well Purdue just played offensively in that arena. You don't think you want to be back there? Yeah, sure. For the first two rounds sure. of the tournament? You don't think Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer I, I think have played guys, a lot yeah, of games? I think those guards like it. In that building? Uh, I would think that would be well served for Purdue. And then the Midwest region, you would slide up, I guess, over to I-69. And North uh, Detroit would be your regional Beautiful there. Detroit. So from a driving standpoint for the Purdue faithful, uh, right now you're on a path from Indy and Detroit. I, I, I said this earlier, Andy. Um, as well as Indiana played, as well as Trey Galloway played, you just aren't in the business to celebrate moral victories considering your non-conference. These opportunities do not grow on trees. In your own building, unquestionably one of the best teams in the nation. With that crowd. With that crowd, et cetera, et cetera. Galloway playing the way he played. The Big Ten does not have those pop up everywhere, especially not this year. I mean, you'll obviously get one with Purdue, but they don't have many of those. And to not be able to finish that one, it's hard for me to sit here on this Monday morning and say, first off, it's Indiana, so celebrating moral victories, uh, no. But more so, it's not like they have enough. They didn't win in Atlanta against Auburn, and so they have a little bit of a non-conference resume to show for. They didn't beat UConn. Like, there's just nothing. They, they don't have a sniff of an NCAA tournament win in the non-conference schedule. And when the Big Ten right now looks like how it is, there is just so little margin for error for Indiana as they enter the Big Ten. And we've seen it before. I think we fall into the history of college basketball trap of, yeah, if you win double-digit games in your right. conference, you're going to be good. There's many cases of teams recently that have won double-digit games in a power conference, and yet when the non-conference resume looks like it it, it has for Indiana – uh, that's a questionable team come Selection Sunday. Yeah, and they may not have uh, another tournament team. They definitely don't have another top 25 team until they play Purdue on the 16th of January. Listen, I, I'm, I, I hate to be just so down on Indiana, but I'm just down on Indiana. I, I don't view it as any sort of a moral victory. On Saturday, I view it as you had an opportunity to get a big win. You had an opportunity to put a great win on your resume that's going to be a great win all year with Kansas, and you didn't do it. And, like, there's a couple things. Number one, until the very, very end, I mean, it wasn't like Kansas was bombing in a bunch of threes, right? They both made six threes in the game. The reason I bring that up, that's been such a talking point. Indiana can't guard the three. They can't make the three. I mean, that really wasn't... And we said uh, on Friday, this could be a good matchup because Kansas is a little bit more front court oriented. They're not a great uh, shooting team from there. They made them at the end. And then the other thing, and Indiana fans know this, I haven't heard too much of a... Of an excuse over this. I know Mike DeCourcy gave us a little bit of one last week. Xavier Johnson is a fine player. But Xavier Johnson does not cure the ills of this Indiana basketball team. I just I don't feel that way. I've, again, I feel like he is a needed player. He is a nice player. It is unfortunate that he's out, but I don't view him as well. How woe is me? How do we win a game without Xavier Johnson? He's not that type of player. And so Indiana fans, I'm telling you, KB, IU fans. I mean, you're, we're a couple weeks away. If they lose, you know, and then, I mean, they got, a, you know, a Rutgers and a Minnesota and a Moorhead State. And, I mean, they have, you know, very winnable games, especially the next three games. And Ohio State is popping up here uh, in a couple weeks. 
I mean, we are, we're like one loss away here to an inferior opponent from Indiana fans being angry at the way this season's playing out. That's my read of the situation. Uh, no action for Purdue until Thursday uh, with Jacksonville. Again, this is this is kind of your final cupcake week of the season. Indiana will go Moorhead State tomorrow at 6.30. Butler will begin Big East play. It'll be Ed Cooley in Georgetown in the building tomorrow. Thad Mata going to join us uh, tomorrow at 9 ahead of the Big, uh, Big East uh, opener for the Bulldogs, and we will give away a four-pack of tickets to Hinkle today and tomorrow for Butler's first. That's a 6.30 tip, by the way, tomorrow over at Hinkle. Let me ask you this, and again, EJ Speed going to join us uh, coming up in about well, about 45 minutes. We'll get to our goats of the week here in a minute. I just wanted to touch on this. It needs to be brought up. Uh, special teams play early on, not good again for the Colts. You look at not what happened. Not good putting it lightly, Yeah, by the way. It, I mean, this is now Cincinnati. It wasn't good. And what's crazy about it, leading up those few games, we've been talking how great the special teams had been. Matt Gay, you're blocking kicks. It really felt like special teams was positive. And what happened on Saturday? You've seen McKenzie kind of benched. Uh, you know, Josh Downs now returning punts. And I thought he did a fine job. He kind of almost broke one. Uh, earlier on in the game, he was frustrated. Uh, but you have the blocked punt against you, and now you have Matt Gay, who is making just 78% of his kicks. He's 26 of 33, and that's his worst rate since his rookie season. Uh, and so Matt Gay has went from Mr. Dependable, won you the Ravens game, a guy that we've talked about this, you get to 55, 56 yards, you feel like you can play for that because he can make those, uh, you know, three of six the last two games, I don't know. How worried are you? I guess I'll I, I guess I'll say I don't feel the same about Matt Gay as I did maybe a month and a half ago. That's kind yeah. of where I am, but you still got to trot him out there. You still got to do it. Yeah, I mean, you're not cutting him, no. no well, I mean, but, I guess I mean more like can you play for a 55-yard field goal? Now, right. Is I that guess something you feel comfortable about? I slam dunk uh, is probably a fair way to put it. Boy, that, I mean, he he just shanked that one from 56 early in the game. That was Vanderjack the other way, uh, fittingly <laughs> against Pittsburgh. And at that point, Andy, I, I noted, okay, his three misses in a row now, all three of those to the left. And then he kicks the extra point. I think it was his next kick. That thing barely went in yeah. inside the left upright. Now, his miss there in the fourth quarter off the right upright. So now I'm thinking, myself, oh boy, is he in his head a little He's bit? He's overcompensating. You sure know? he is. Well, I, it's natural to do that. When he made by the, the 42-yarder with less than a minute to go, everyone had probably checked out of the game at that point. Did he need that? I mean, you, do, I mean, that is a guy that simply, you talk about a slump buster. Mm-hmm. He was at the bar at 3 a.m. <laughs> just praying someone would go home with him. And luckily, he was able to find that. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that for a BYU-Utah product. But anyways, um, you know, I asked Shane yesterday. Mental or physical? Shane, I don't have a great answer for that. And I bring up the mental part, Andy, and, you know, the Tennessee game. The game gets over. What's Matt Gain doing personal life-wise? Boom, straight to Utah for the birth of his kid. Uh, I believe third kid, daughter. And so, I mean, that you know, obviously it's a crazy hectic time for him personal life-wise. Now, he was back in Indy in time for practice all the week leading into Cincinnati. Again, I, I didn't think being there, I didn't think it was overly windy in Cincinnati, for a chilly no, it day, wasn't. Evan no, McPherson it wasn't. clearly kicked it pretty well there. And then obviously there's no win inside of Lucas Oil Stadium with the roof closed on Saturday. So um, do you think he's not on the injury report? I bring up physical, though. Boy, a couple of the kickoffs. I'm like, wait a minute. What was that? He just doesn't look like himself. I mean, and the, the special teams just like hasn't a been line good. drive that never bounced. I'm like, were they trying to squib it there? Uh, and then they did squib it on the kickoff from the 50-yard line. They had a net kickoff, which I know is kind of a nerdy stat. They had a net kickoff, I think, of 14 yards. I mean, watch a kickoff. Usually you net at, what, 40 yards, 50 yards, even if you get a touchback. Uh, they only advanced it 14 yards on one of those kickoffs there. So um, that is one where, you know, Matt Gay had created fourth down is go get a beer. The fourth down <laughs> is no longer go get a beer. This is a little bit of, hey, you got to sit and watch, make sure that that ball is going through the uprights. Again, a huge punt coverage bust early in the game. That was such an easy block for Pittsburgh. So I do think you're in a little bit of a keep an eye on it. And I think you described it pretty well, Andy. You know, relying on him north of 50 is just not 
a guarantee. Now they will kick indoors, you know, each of the last three games in Atlanta, and then you know back here at Lucas Oil for the final two. And who knows? You know, maybe you know personal life settled down a little bit. I I don't. Yeah, I just think it's mad gay. It's allowing. I mean, you saw you've had to bench your punt returner, okay? And that tells me that you know the fumble or the running into McKenzie wasn't all on who 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 was it? Speed? It wasn't EJ. Yeah, Amir Speed. Speed. Amir uh, Speed. Who did that? Uh, I don't know. I, I just you look at it and then you know you score and then you allow a return, like a return, like a 30, 40 yard return. Like the special teams just hasn't been crisp. I wanted to ask you this before we get to our goats. There's two minutes and 12 seconds. It's a fourth and one at the Pittsburgh 25. They kick the field goal there. I was surprised up two touchdowns that Steichen kicked the field goal. Oh, don't you and, want to and, go to and, three scores and just well, finish, finish well, the game? I thought, I thought the way they were running the football, they would just go just to keep the football. I think he wanted to give... Matt Gay a little work there, and then he misses the kick. They come back, and he gets them another opportunity to make that field goal. That's my read of the situation. Just because anytime you're at fourth and one, I feel like Shane Sykin's going for well, especially it, especially up two touchdowns. And especially what your O-line, how they had been, you know, dominating. Again, bulldozing yeah, dominating. Pittsburgh throughout that second half and the fourth quarter there. Yeah, I, I, I looked at it more of just, you know, probably stretch it to three scores, and then the game is officially officially over at that point. Uh, but, you know, again, it is something to keep an eye on as the Colts move into Week 16. All right, uh, EJ Speed going to join us in 40. Before we get to a morning checkdown, uh, let's go ahead and do our GOATs from the weekend. You guys are changing it on me. Hold on a second. Now I got to get the open. There we go. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. This guy sucks. Of the week. Shout out to the legend, Kyle Klein. He goes, I needed that slump buster to hit Mm. for the over. Mm. I forgot Mm. that the Matt Gay field goal there was for the over (laughs) on that one. It always matters to somebody. That was a 43-point total. It ended at 42.5. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Gosh, does Vegas know all? Vegas knows. I tell you, one they didn't know was the Panthers and Falcons. That under was glistening from the minute well, it started. The, how about the weather? Oh, it looked oh, brutal. The attendance, uh, empty just stadium, miserable. Just an absolute miserable football game. All right, who wants to? Lead? You want to lead us off, KB? Who's your big goat of the weekend? My who big do you love? goat of the weekend is the toughness of one Michael Pittman Jr. That was one of the more vicious hits. I've ever seen. And for him to have gotten up from the one in Carolina was one thing. For him to have gotten up from that on Saturday. And not only get up, Andy, but like, dude just walks off the field. You know, he's in good spirits post game. Like, uh, it is incredible. Uh, at a position that I think has a lot of diva, just look at the Pittsburgh wideout group. Mm-hmm. There's no diva whatsoever in Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, are there flaws in his game that are keeping him from being a top five, top ten wideout? Sure. Unquestionably, he should be paid, in my opinion. He's consistent. He's reliable. He's durable as hell. He's tough as hell. You Guys feed off of that. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., that that toughness is my go to the weekend. All right, my go to the weekend, my big goat is the New Orleans Saints. Thank you for ending the Tommy DeVito 15 minutes of fame. Is the agent with, still with the, oh, you know, the wearing agent, stupid stuff? Oh, the agent was wearing all green on the sideline. You know, Selfies. DeVito almost got knocked out, by the way, in the game. He averaged five yards per completion, just a buck 77, had a QBR of 14. Uh, the Saints won. They needed to win 24 and that was never a game. So thank you for ending the 15 minutes of fame. And can Tommy DeVito be a starting quarterback in the NFL? The answer is no. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know. No, the answer I, as a Giants no. fan, I assume that would be your bad. But you know, whatever. That's okay. That's okay. You like no? The it's, it's it's good. No, it's good. The Saints put an end to it. He, he they wants, were mocking him. He wants the entertaining losses. Exactly. He wants the position. Exactly. Well, he ain't getting any of the top two Aren't quarterbacks. Aren't you there, Mark? Now. Aren't you happy about the Bears' result yesterday? Not or? really, because you have the Panthers' pick as well, and all that stuff. So that takes a little bit of the salt out of the wounds. Anyway, my good. I could go the whole Saturday slate, which was glorious. I can go Montez Sweat being paid every cent that he's oh, worth yeah. right Gosh. now. He's, but he's I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. 
the first visiting quarterback ever to have a perfect quarterback rating at Lambeau Field, 22 of 28, <laughs> for 381 yards and four touchdowns in a 34 to 20 win over the Green Bay Packers. That really, that really helped me get over my I'm my sure it Bears did. Loss. Packers suck. That was glorious. He was great. Mayfield was fantastic in that game. Now they've got to be viewed as the favorite to win the NFC South. I mean, somebody's got to win so. it, right? Yeah. I don't think it's the Falcons anymore. Maybe the Saints, but I think it's Bucks or Saints at this point. Yeah, the Bucks right now is seven and seven. They lead, and like you said, uh, the Saints seven and seven. Uh, Atlanta six and eight. So the Colts on on Saturday or on Sunday will be able to put Atlanta out of their misery. It's exactly what they need to do. All right, what's funny? Their small I was goat? reading a uh, Falcon story from yesterday's game, and the headline said something to the effect of "Coach and quarterback future in question <laughs> yeah. after awful loss." I'm thinking, has this not been the headline for like the last seven straight Colts opponents? I mean, basically, like literally, coach and quarterback questions. Uh, I guess not Cincinnati, but uh, you go quarterback. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, New England, Carolina, and now Atlanta. I mean, and Atlanta had everything. The Raiders to play have for. quarterback and you know head coach questions next week as well. Uh, yeah, Atlanta had everything to play for. Just an awful loss by them. All right, lowercase goat of the weekend. I've got issues with bowl opt outs. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I need nil deals to now include the bowl games. Okay, so who's bothered you? It's the who's sitting out that's bothering you. Of like, you listen to these bowl matchups and you're like, oh wow, Ole Miss, Penn State. Oh or, yeah, you know whatever. Oh, terrible. Is it Georgia, Florida State? Yeah. You know, I mean, some of these on paper, these are great matchups, and yet it's like, oh, little did you know that this team has had seven opt outs or eight opt outs. And I, I get there's a multitude of reasons for it: transfer portal, NIL, NFL draft, et cetera, coaching changes, all of that. I think we've got to get to a point where these don't become glorified spring games because that's what they are. If you look at Notre Dame's group, they're going to throw out there in the Sun Bowl, especially offensively. It is a spring practice for Notre Dame. Well, you're the starting guys, running back, what, offensive line and quarterback, not even line. Yeah, yeah. And no, I'm with you. So I, I would like to see an agreement with, if you're signing this, and I say this in quotes, name image likeness because Lord knows it's not name image likeness. It's pay for play. Okay, well, that, that means you play in the bowl game as well. Uh, I don't know legally how we do it. There's people smarter than me that hopefully can figure that out, uh, but I hate the bowl. I love the bowl season. I hate the opt-in. You know when like, transfer portal became, you know, a couple years ago, the transfer portal in NIL, there would be people, KB, that would stand on their pulpit and they would say, I don't enjoy the sport because of name, image, and likeness, and the players are now being paid, and we know about it and everything else, and I, you know, I'm, I'm upset. I, I I don't enjoy the games as much. And I don't want to sound like no. that guy, but it has impacted well, bowl season. Th- I, I agree no, that's what I was going to say. I have never been that guy. I've not been that guy with the portal. I haven't been that guy with NIL, but I am that guy with the Bulls. I don't care about bowl season. And I know you can say, well, Andy, they don't matter until the college football playoff. Agreed. But they also have sold it to us that they do matter. Guys get paid. Coaches get paid more. We go back to it and say, wow, so-and-so won the Rose Bowl or the Gator Bowl or the Holiday Bowl or the Duke's Mayo Bowl, whatever it may be. Ah, someone won three straight bowl games. I mean, you know, Tom Allen didn't win a bowl game. Indiana hasn't won a bowl game since, what, it's like the 60s? Like, these are things. These are stats that it we still... It hasn't been that long. No, it hasn't fair, been, but yeah, yes. but you know, whatever. Uh, that, that are still brought up. Listen, I'm totally with you. It's affected... Uh, it's affected the way I view these bowl games. I didn't watch a bowl game over the weekend. I'm not sure which bowl game I even will watch. I'll give you my... You ready for my go to the weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans. The you, Tennessee Titans. You do hate Vrabel. I, I just... I, I just they, they, you didn't like Vrabel, his cowboy hat. Vrabel is just... Okay, so the Titans do... The, and it's funny. I get it. The Titans troll the Houston Texans with the Oiler jerseys. And Vrabel's got the bum Phillips hat. And then they go out there and they get beat by Devin Singletary, Noah Brown, and Case Keenum. That's exactly what the Tennessee uh, Titans... The uh, big the mayo bad, and the coffee's needed yeah, for that the, injury the, the, for the, Will the, the, big, the big bad Tennessee Titans who are going to push people around lost to Case Keenum, Devin Singletary, and Noah Brown on Sunday. And, I, and, and then on top of it, they can't protect... Their their rookie quarterback in Will Levis, who has just got absolutely pounded, and then when he doesn't get sacked, he runs it and gets hit again, and he's injured, and that was a nasty injury. Uh, he's lucky he didn't leave in a cart. How bad that was! So lowercase goat, it's got to be the Titans. Plus, they didn't help at all the Colts out by beating the Texans. My lowercase, my lowercase goat. Those finishes to that game and the Bears and Browns, I know. unbelievable. 
My lowercase goat is the uh, late window slate. Those games all stunk. Specifically the the Cowboys and Bills because the Cowboys just got rolled in the Buffalo rain. And I know, oh well, you know, it was raining. I'm like, well, bu- Buffalo played in the same the same weather and they were fine. Settle down. All right, sorry, Jerry, but I'm just saying the Cowboys stink. They look a little bit like maybe they're turning in the Cowboys of old. We have flipped the calendar to December and maybe they're turning into a pumpkin a little later than normal, but. The Cowboys did not look very good at all, and their oh, their final three are are pretty brutal. Let me give you a stat. Yeah, they got real quick. Dolphins, right, coming up. Yeah, they do. Let me give you a stat. Dallas is the first road team in over ten years to allow eighty five net yards passing or fewer and lose by twenty points or more. <laughs> the Cowboys. Josh yeah. Allen had seven completions, right? <laughs> he was seven, seven to fifteen. The Cow- exactly right. The Cowboys' final three ga- games are at Dolphins, home against the Lions. And then at Commanders. And now, the thing is, it doesn't really matter. They've already clinched the playoff spot, but basically now the NFC East, yeah, they can it win looks the like it's going to go Hurts may not play tonight. through Philly. Yes, I mean, depending on obviously Philly's got a big one tonight. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. In Seattle. 107.5, the fan. Pittsburgh on the move, right to left. Pittsburgh in the white and the yellow pants, and they hand off right side to Harris. He's bottled up, gets off the initial tackle. He lost the ball over on the far sideline, but they're going to rule him down. Harris down at the, the 13-yard line. The runner was down by contact, second down. The ruling on the field is changed to a fumble recovered by the defense. First down, Great challenge by the Colts. Well done by head coach Shane Steichen. The Colts are now two for three on winning challenges this year, and it's the second takeaway of the ball game for the Colts' defense. And the man making that play is EJ Speed. He's joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It's the wake-up call. KB and Andy hanging out with you. Another hour to go. Reaction Monday. All the basketball, pro and college, and obviously the Colts winners on Sunday over the Saturday, I should say, over the Pittsburgh Steelers, 30-13. to You heard that play-by-play clip. That was EJ Speed, and he joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. EJ, good morning, man. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Yo, yo, what's up? How y'all doing? I'm doing well. I, I'm sure you are doing well after that win. How was how uh, how great was that locker room on Saturday after that beatdown? Uh, it's cool. All the energy in the, in the world, man. Gardner really turned us up after the win. All props to him. He did his thing. And you know, we got we got another opponent next week. We just gonna keep the thing rolling. Keep it keep the tide going. Now, there's very rare occurrences where I would ever feel comfortable comparing myself to an NFL athlete. Let me be clear. But yesterday, I think, was maybe one of the few times. EJ Speed, if you don't mind, it looked like some of your Sunday routine involved. Did I see, uh, did you go Panda Express and Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday? Oh, wow. Yeah, DoorDash is dangerous. I'm going to tell everybody that now. DoorDash is dangerous. But I'm scrolling through DoorDash and... I seen Panda and I ordered it and I was like, ah, I think I want Buffalo to order that too. It was crazy. Wait, 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 I, wait. We all can raise our hand. Wait, you got him we at the same. There. You got him at the same time. You didn't get one at like noon and then one at like seven o'clock at night. You got them both at the same time. Both at the same time. It's like five thousand calories. Now, if you had to pick, I had to, I had to wait because the the second DoorDasher was like three minutes apart from each other. So that was the only buzz kill in the situation. But it was worth it. Now, if you had to pick just one, you going Panda? Or you going Buffalo Wild Wings? Panda. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Would you get the orange chicken? What'd you get? Uh double orange chicken and yep. rice. Gosh, I used to get that orange chicken. You yeah. can't really trust nothing else. That's the only way to go. <laughs> EJ Speed, one of us. That's probably the only time that'll ever happen. Uh you heard the clip right there. A huge force fumble. There to open up the second half, and that started the onslaught for the Colts as they beat the Steelers on Saturday. EJ, walk us through that play in stripping Najee Harris. Nah, it was just a uh, it was just a situation where running to the ball paid off. Uh, he was out of my vision, so it was a great time to go for um, to go for the ball. Uh, Najee is a good running back, no discredit to him, but um, I mean all runners when they headed towards the ground, uh, they kind of put air on the ball. I'm sure y'all heard uh, Shaq talk about that time after time, and 
it just paid off. I mean, the ref didn't see it at first. I get up, I'm telling him, nah, that's a forced fumble. He's looking at me crazy. Like, come on, bro, it's not a forced fumble. So are you so sprinting was, to Shane to say challenge that? I was throwing my hand up, but they tried to hurry on the ball because I feel like they knew it was a forced fumble, too. So I'm throwing a, you know, like you throw the flag from your belt mm-hmm. on the field, on da da da. Then I was like, all right, flip it. They, let me just focus back on this play, on this next play. And then um, I think the Jumbotron showed it, and then uh, yeah. it just came. I seen Shane throw the flag, and I knew it was off the field. Yeah, honestly, it was a great in-stadium replay by the Colts. Great work on that. I want to go back to something that you just said there about that fumble. You said runners tend to lose air from the ball, and that was something that Shaq kind of taught you. Could you explain more on that? Kind of just a natural instinct for runners when they uh, when they hit it towards the ground. They kind of use their arms to brace themselves, especially when they think their hitters are out of their vision. They kind of use... Uh, it's just a little bit of air that comes on the ball that comes from the the ball from their chest to brace themselves to hit the ground. So if you time it up perfectly, you always get the ball out. I know all of that happened quick with that play, and you mentioned uh, Coach Steichen throwing the flag, and you felt good about it. But if there would have been some more time, and the Steelers don't go hurry up there, and they don't have it, you know, that quick on the jumbo trying. If you run over there to coach and say, "Hey, uh, he was not down. That is absolutely a fumble." Do coaches listen to players at times like that, or is it all? coming from up above when they see the replay before I guess anybody else? I don't know. This is my first year with Steichen, so it was my first situation to where he had to challenge one of my plays. I guess we'll test it out the next <laughs> one, because the next one I'm definitely running to him because I'm 1-0 right now. <laughs> I always <laughs> wonder because you're on top of the world. You might have a Zaire Franklin package put in <laughs> no, next week right, for you. Yeah, well, like, I so, might be in his good graces right now. Probably try me at uh, receivers. You know, so, because you know, sometimes you know, the players are right, and sometimes they're wrong, obviously. It's such a bang-bang play. EJ Speed with us here uh, on the fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You know, you didn't play in the Cincinnati game, but I I would imagine the you know that game happens watching that film EJ that can't be good right I mean and that's really the first game you guys just didn't have it what was the preparation like this week knowing how big the Steeler game was and how how much you guys just wanted to get that bad taste out of your mouth with what happened in Cincinnati uh, just a lot of guys stepping up to the plate I think we proved that. Um... <laughs> That and gotta win situations, you know. We everybody pushes a little harder when they know what's at stake. So uh, I think this week everybody just uh, put their best foot forward as they do every week. But sometimes you fall short, and this week we just didn't. ZJ Speed again, leading tackler on Saturday for the Colts. A huge force fumble there early in the third quarter. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. EJ, uh, this past off season you re-sign here in Indy. Bobby Okereke goes to New York. Uh, why did you re-sign, and what did you envision this season being like for you from a role standpoint? Um, I think it was just mainly me, just me believing in the process of um, of everything that 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 the that the organization stands for. And Chris Ballard, he always after every season, he always take full responsibility for everything that happened throughout the season, and I can respect that because when somebody can take responsibility, they uh, they know where they lack at and they know where they can fix and they know what the problems are with the organization. He's very much in tune and stays um, and just and just always communicates with us about how he's feeling about situations and stuff like that. So I believe in the organization and where it was going. I knew it was getting um, a quarterback. I didn't know which one we was getting actually, but uh, I was excited when we got Anthony Richardson. And um, everything just, I mean, everything just felt right to come back. And um, I think now um, we got a chance to make the playoffs and make a run. So in my eyes, it was the right choice. Individually for you, and this is me talking here, it felt like you were scratching the surface. Like you you had flashed, and when you got playing time, you had delivered, and you almost seemed deserving of a bigger role. Did you kind of feel that way through your first four years of like, you know, I'm ascending as a player, and if I just get a little bit more opportunity, I can be pretty darn impactful? Uh, yeah, I always felt like that. Uh, I felt like that day one in the league, but um, I just accepted my reality through it all. Uh, the reality was that I was a role player and I had to make an impact on special teams. So that's what I had set out to do, and now that my role increased, I know that i got to make an impact on defense, and that's what I set out to do. Uh, nothing is bigger than me with this whole process. It's all about our team and helping the team win. So, uh, yeah, that's how I looked at it. EJ Speed with us here on The Fan. Uh, EJ, you know, 
<laughs> you're watching the game, it's 13 nothing, right? And, and so, like, the Bengals game happens, and you come home, it's 13 nothing, and there's enough Steeler fans there. They're doing, the, you know, the stupid, terrible towel thing. And you got to be thinking, hey, what's going on here? What, what was the mood on the sideline, and what did you guys do defensively talking amongst yourselves that, hey, we got to stop this. We got to give our offense a chance to get back into this game. Yeah, next time we need to um, we need to have some metal detectors for those terrible tags, we, <laughs> those towels. Like it, it was too many of them in the stands. But um, that could I be mean, toilet paper to, in the stadium. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, man. They travel well. Uh, I actually gained the respect for them for that game because they was loud on Saturday. But um, through it all, I just through it all, I just knew our game plan was the right one, and if we executed it, then uh, the score wouldn't even be close. So. I think that was that was the that was the vibes for Saturday. Just execute that game plan. I knew it'd be a blowout. And I and I listen. I know you're a defensive guy, and and you're watching the offense and the defense this season has had guys step up, whether they're backups or not, step up and make plays. And one of the storylines was all the backups. Obviously, you mentioned Gardner Minshew playing as well as he did, but Moss goes down. In comes Goodson. In comes Sermon. DJ Montgomery gets a touchdown as well. When you're a defensive of God and you're watching the offense, you know, there's some injuries and all these guys come in and make big plays. I would have to that I have to imagine that that, you know, gets you guys gets your blood boiling a little yeah. bit in a good way on the sideline, seeing those guys get an opportunity and go out there and make plays to win a game. Uh, yeah, definitely. I don't even look at them as backups. I just look at everybody as role players and accepting a role. And the role for those guys was if a guy goes down and another guy steps up. Our uh, scout team actually practices very hard. Um, they got scout team player of the week and stuff like that. And most of those guys that had good games were previous scout team player of the weeks at one point. So, um, hey, I'm I'm excited for those guys. That was a tribute, man, to, to, to the culture that we have here at Indy. He is EJ Speed, along with obviously a team leading tackle, a team leading 10 tackles on Saturday. Him and Zaire Franklin host the Trenches podcast. A great listen. You can check that out on all of your podcast platforms. EJ, as a defensive player, and you're watching the offense on the field, probably a little bit more Jumbotron, uh, what did you think of the Michael Pittman Jr. hit? Uh, uh, I mean, it's football, Mike. Um, uh, Pitt is actually one of the toughest guys that on the opposite side of the ball. So um, for him to get hit like that and get back up, it, it, it just added more life. Um, I'm sure if you talk to that guy from Pittsburgh, he would tell you that it wasn't maliciously. He wasn't looking to injure Pitt or take him out of the game or anything like that, even though it may seem like he did. But um, it's part of the game, man. We uh, we all take hits. We all give hits. And I'm sure I didn't got some hits that probably seemed a little dirty at, at some point. I didn't gave out some hits that probably seemed a little dirty at some point. So um, it's all in the love of the game. Um, I'm glad that Pitt was able to get up and recover from that. I think he's going through everything he needs to uh, this week to play. And um, I'm glad to see him back on the field on Sunday. As a defender, are you torn at all in seeing a guy get ejected for a hit like that? Or did you feel like that kind of qualified as one? Uh, yeah, it did. It qualified. Uh, it was. It was. It's part of the game. I mean, I mean, people go down from injuries. People get ejected from games over hits and everything like that. This is the new NFL that we in. We just all got to accept it. And I'm sure it's like growing pains of everybody just learning how to how to relate to these new rules. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's 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 all in respect to the game. We always say it here uh, that Pittman might be from USC, but there's no pretty boy with his play. EJ, that dude's tough. Nah, definitely, yeah. Pitt, Pitt, one of those guys. EJ Speed with uh, EJ Speed with us here uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Atlanta coming up next. You guys are right there, just staring the playoffs right in the face. How do you how do you stay focused? And I guess what do you know about Atlanta as you start prep for them? Uh, just hone in. As um, soon as we get that game plan, just lock into it and go out there and execute. Uh, my motto is always to be perfect. Uh, even though that is one of the hardest things, is very much possible. So, um, yeah, so we're just looking to be perfect on Sunday. EJ, last one from me. I, I, I think our fan, and again, EJ Speed is with us here on the Pale Sickers Highline. I think our uh, audience knows your story fairly well. But for those that maybe didn't follow your story early on, refresh us of what your college career was like from a position standpoint. If I'm not mistaken, you were like mainly an offensive guy entering college. And then what was it like for you at Tarleton State to transitioning to an NFL linebacker? 
Yeah, I came in as playing a receiver in uh in college and um I was a quarterback in high school, came in, started playing some receiver, uh got a new coaching staff and I switched over to the defensive side of the ball. Started playing linebacker about my last two years of college and um yeah, it flourished. I had a great defensive coach and uh coach Patton. Um and um yeah, he's coaching up in Colorado, Colorado State, he's coaching the defensive backs. Uh, great coach, man. I can say I can go on for for hours about him and Coach Whitten over there when they was at Charleston State and how they came together uh, and had a winning season and, you know, continued Coach Whitten's legacy. And Coach Patton went off to coach at D1, at a major D1. And um, those guys was everything. I believed in them. They believed in me. And it all worked out. And now uh, I owe them everything. I owe them my efforts and stuff while I'm in the league to just show that we all made the right decision at that one point in time. Okay, two things off that. Your first contact with the Colts during the draft process, is it true that it wasn't until that like March pro day just before the draft? Yeah, it was. I didn't even talk to him in college. It was like after college at the draft and everything like that. I talked to the Colts. And um, I'm so glad they believed in me because I love it here in Indy. And then lastly, uh, who's got better hands, you or Zaire Franklin? Definitely me. And don't let Z tell you anything different because I know he is, but it's definitely me. Well, <laughs> Even though he got the offensive role. So he got he won up me right now. He won up me right now on the polls, but you go full house backfield, forty four and forty five back there. Hey, that'll look you know. good. Look at it, man. Next time Spike can get on the radio show, you tell him about that. <laughs> that'll be the first question. We'll toss Shane's away. EJ, hell of a game on Saturday. Your absence was certainly felt in Cincinnati and it was your presence is very welcome against the Steelers. Congrats on the season so far. Stay healthy and uh thanks for hopping on, man. Yes, sir. Thank you.